ABC Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note? It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. The Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC. Wow. Thank you. Let us pray. Father, thank you for the blessing of this evening. We are so excited to be here. And we thank you. We ask that you speak to our hearts. Speak to us and lead us into your perfect will. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. What a blessing. First of all, before I go any further, I want to welcome my wife to come and give us a greeting. You may be seated. Hallelujah. What a warm welcome. I'm very happy to be here this evening and to see your balcony for the first time. I can see that it means that you're growing. And I pray that us Christians are growing the laborers also are growing. Amen. Amen. And um, I want to salute your Bishop Ai. his faithfulness and constancy all these years. And I also want to salute his wife, Lady Pastoranda, and all the great pastors and lady pastors and shepherds, and now Basenta leaders, who stand with us for the harvest. And I pray that we will never become complacent, or have the feeling that we have arrived, but we'll press on till Jesus comes or God calls us home. Thank you, and God bless you. Hallelujah. What a blessing. Father, thanks a million for this few minutes that we have together. We ask you to speak to our hearts. We're so grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I bring you greetings from um, so many places. And um, I've been here in London for the last two days, visiting with the uh, Archbishop of Canterbury. Um, 
in his palace. So it's been a good experience um, going around to the Parliament House and all the other important places you have. So I bring you greetings from him as well. Um, tonight, I'm just sharing a short but important message, and I want you to listen as carefully as you can, because I'll be preaching about you, all right? But how many enjoyed watching the Healing Jesus campaign videos? Yes. And... Um, Jesus died for everybody. And the reason why many churches are empty today is because people forget why we exist and what we are supposed to be doing. And we get filled with pride, the pride of our lives. And we forget about the real reason for our salvation, which is we are saved to save others. And it will never change, no matter who stands here. It will always be the same. So when we forget about the real reason why we are here and why God has given us what we have. We change. And so, tonight I want to share with you what I call the laws of fruitfulness. Luke 13, verse 6. The laws of fruitfulness. And he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard, Behold these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree. And I find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after thou shalt cut it down. So, when it comes to the laws of fruitfulness, which is a very important subject, the first thing that I need you to see 
about God is that he comes to you seeking fruit. Look at the scripture very carefully. It says he comes to seek fruit. I come seeking fruit. I come seeking fruit. So God comes to you seeking fruit. All right? God comes to you seeking fruit from you. You are a tree that he has planted. And he is coming to you looking for something from you. <laughs> there will never be a time God is not looking for something from you. He is looking for something from you. He says, I come three years. I come seeking fruit. So law number one, fruitless Christians will be taken away. Fruitless Christians will be taken away. John 15 and verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. Okay? So every branch that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Can somebody let the hum, you have a hum, I don't know, the sound man. I don't know if you are aware that you have a bad hum in the, in the church. All right? Now, he comes seeking fruit. You, you, every church is expected to come forth with fruit. God really wants you to bring forth something. And everybody really, God expects some fruit from you. So, if you are a believer, all right, you must know that God has some expectations of you. Maybe no one told you, but I'm telling you. And his expectations are very high. So, Lighthouse Chapel, Mustard Seed, UD, First Lab Church. I don't know what your name is. It doesn't matter. You know, God is expecting fruit. The reason why we have all these different groupings is because... One of the things is that we don't want diseases to spread. Yes. We don't want diseases to spread. So when there is a disease in one group, it should stay in that group and not spread to the next group. So with time, you are going to not be saying UD so much as mustard seed or whatever the different names are because that's going to become more prominent and each denomination is going to be more identified as what it is. So the idea is that diseases should not spread from 
from section to section. How many people are sorting out the sound? One, two, three. Is it the microphone? Hello? Hello? Yeah. And the idea is that you should realize your responsibility. You see, most people come to church with a sense of entitlement. Like God has to do something for me. You know, I'm, I wonder what God, God better, God better do something. <laughs> it's like this is his last chance to really touch my life. If he doesn't touch my life, I'll leave. A God is even lucky that I came tonight. A God is lucky that I pay my tithes. God should be careful, otherwise I'll change my mind about him. I want you to know that God doesn't need you. You need God. You need God badly. So don't be sitting there thinking to yourself, you know, uh, God needs me. You know, that's what spoils uh, relationships and marriages. So people start to feel so big in the relationship. It's almost like it doesn't really matter. But it matters. And when there is humility, you see that people behave in the right way. You see, the first sin in the universe was pride. I learned that from Derek Prince. The first sin in the universe was not when Adam and Eve sinned. Adam and Eve's sin was disobedience to God. But the first sin was Lucifer when he was filled with pride. And he said, I will, I will arise. I will, I will be like the most high. I'm going up there. God, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> so, there's some bigness that develops. You know, but we have to realize that we, we, we need God. We really need God. And God doesn't need us. You know? And then the second thing that we need to realize is that God is actually expecting something from us. He says, I come three years seeking fruit. How long more is God going to expect fruit from you? And he's not going to get it. But in John chapter 15 and verse 2, we see the first law of fruitfulness. It says, John 15 verse 2. Who is that? <laughs> Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now, what does it mean to be taken away? What does it mean to be taken away? There are many possibilities. 
It could mean you'll be taken away from the church. It could, it could mean you'll be taken away from your, your family of God. It could mean you'll die. It could mean you'll be extracted by the enemy. I mean, I don't know what it means than except the English words that are there. If you don't bear fruit, he takes you away. Now, if you look at the church today, I mean, many of the buildings like this are empty. The, if you go to France, next time you go to France, sit, sit in a train. You'll be going there for holidays soon. Now, when you sit in a train, cover your eyes like this and just look out of the window and you see the steeples of the churches, France and church. You know, today white people hardly go to church, but you, can, you cannot imagine how spiritual and religious Europe was. So extreme. There is no little community that did not have a building of a church. Everywhere. That's why there are so many spare buildings. So many. You know, but, and, but he says, every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. And today, many churches that used to be full, is just left with a few old people. The last members to die. Yes. I once visited a church in Zurich. And uh, it had 1,500 seats. I counted the seats. The man didn't tell me. I, I, I counted the whole place. And so I spoke to the vicar after. And he told me, we have church here every two weeks. We don't have church every week. We have church every two weeks. If we have church this Sunday, next Sunday there's no church. If we have church this week, next week there's no church. Church this week, next week no. So I said, well, really? So how many members do you have? He said, well, we have eight. We have eight members. Old, 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 very old people. There are only eight. And he told me they find it difficult to climb the stairs to come up. So he can see that. Very soon, the eight people will stop coming. Yeah. So, a church and Christians have a great duty. God expects fruit from you. Three years. And some of you, God saved you. You know? A wicked person like you, God saved you. God rescued you. God did something for you. Look at all the things that are happening now in your, your crimes and so on you have here, or knife fighting and many things in the world. You could have been dead sleeping in your grave. And God saved you and planted you. And God washed you. God was kind to you. Some of you are even married. How many are married? Wave if you are married. Wow. How many are not married? Wow. <laughs> Father, let me pray for marriage. 
Father, send more weddings into this church. Show every show everybody his or her partner. Show every one of us our our right and true partner. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Sit down. You see it happening practically. Now, I hope you are listening to me. So now, God is expecting something from you. Yeah. Some of you have been given good jobs. Some of you were hustlers. Some of you are still hustlers. Some of you are hustling in town. God is expecting fruit from you. Whatever your situation. He says, I've been coming these three years seeking fruits. Yes. God is seeking fruits from you. Girl, God is seeking fruit from you. Instead of thinking of yourself, how to do your hair, how to buy more clothes, how to look more beautiful, how to buy more things, to go more shopping. Think of the fruit God is expecting from you. Many young girls don't know what is, they are not thinking of when they are getting married. They are not thinking of what is going to be expected of them. The mind, the mind goes only up to the wedding and the dress and the reception and the flowers. If somebody says you shouldn't be a leader, don't be angry because it's short, very short Cited. And marriage is far more than the wedding. There's so much more. That's why at the wedding, you see the older people don't look so happy. <laughs> now, they are not that they are sad, but they are not as happy as the younger ones because they have experienced the realities of marriage that in marriage, something is expected of you. Yes. And as you get married, you realize that so many duties, you'll be expected to do so many things. If this is what they want, this, they want this, they want this, they want this. That's the beginning of quarrel. Yes. And you don't know how to do any of the things that they want you to do. You only know how to dress, and how to do your hair, and how to look nice. And it's not even nice. (laughs) 
The reason I'm saying it's not even nice is because people don't tell you when you're not looking nice. They're always telling you that you're looking nice. Even when you're not looking nice. Yes. It's a pity. So, just as so much is expected of you when you get married, so much is expected of us when we become Christians. And so much is expected of us when we become a church. We were not a church. Now we've become a church. And all of you are part of the church. And God is coming to his tree that he has planted. God has planted us here. This church was filled with other people, other type of people. Yes. The Archbishop of Canterbury was telling me, he said we were, we were proud when, when the time came. You know, and the people were, migrants were, immigrants were coming in the 60s and so on. And they were coming. We, we didn't accept them. And now they've become huge churches. Yeah. It's amazing. Different group of people all over. So with the church, you've got to be careful. Because in a sense, you could say that many churches have been taken away. So I, I take this church away. I take this church away. I take this person away. And one of the ways you can be taken away is you become irrelevant. Irrelevant means you are not important. You are not essential. God can do without you. Everything can go on without you. What you say doesn't really matter anymore. What you do doesn't matter anymore. He says every tree and every branch that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. All those watching in all the viewing centers, I hope you are listening very carefully because I'm fully aware that you are all out there watching and hearing. Shout amen wherever you are. No, not you, they. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, God is coming. You know, I come seeking fruit. I come seeking fruit these three years. Every time God comes to me, he's seeking fruit from me. Why would he come seeking fruit from me? Because you see, where I come from, people who are my color rarely get saved. In Ghana, you know, I'm half Swiss and half Ghanaian. So people like me who are half and half, we were like a group of, you know, not really fitting in people. When you come to here, they say you are black. When you go there, they call you white. Rarely do you find this type in church in Ghana some years ago. In my family, I can hardly find born-again Christians. You get it? So then I found myself being saved by the Lord. Why would he save me? Why would he invest in me and rescue me? You know, and I, and I went to school. I became a doctor. So, you know, that, that, that shows there's something a little more than water or oats up there. You get it? And so he's expecting something from me. That's why I wrote all those books. Because it's, it's something he's expecting from me. It's not a business. There's an expectation of God. He says, I come seeking fruit. Three years. 
So leave it for one more year. Then I'll take a decision. God is not a bad leader. He takes decisions. Strong decisions. Say, no, you're not going to bear fruit. You are out. You're not going to give me what I'm looking for from you. You are out. And he will take a decision. Yes. You know, the Jews, when Jesus came, he told them a parable. He said, a certain man made a vineyard and he sent, he went on a journey and he sent someone to come and look for fruit from them and they beat him up. Then he sent another person and they beat him up and the third time they, they killed the person. Then he sent his son and then he, he, they killed him and they said they would take possession. And he says, what will happen? He says, the Lord of this vineyard is going to come and take the vineyard and destroy those people and give it to others who are worthy, more worthy of it. And the Bible says that the, the Jews, the Pharisees were angry because they realized that he spoke this parable against them. Now, what was Jesus saying? He was talking to the Jews. You know, everything came from the Jews. Jews are the ones who had the prophets. They're the ones who had Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they're the ones who had all the great prophets. And then Jesus told them, he's going to take it from you and give it to some other people. And as the Jews were listening, they were, they were so angry. But that's exactly what the Lord did. He took away the presence of God and the grace that he had given to this special group of people, the Jews, and gave it to the Gentiles. And the Jewish country and the Jewish people became irrelevant to what God was doing. He just took it from them and gave it to the rejects and unknown groups and spread it all over the world. In fact, the nation Israel was completely disbanded. They couldn't believe it. You see, you wouldn't believe it. But this is the whole point, that he will take it away and give it to someone who is more worthy of it. And then he tells us also the same thing. He's warning us that when I give you something, I come to you expecting fruit. And you and the fruit is clear. Fruit is not money. Sometimes he expects money from you, but that's not what God is expecting from you. Forget about your money. You know, the church is far more richer than anybody here. Never think that the church needs your 10 pounds or your 20 pounds. It's a wrong way to think. When you think like that, you are thinking like a robber. You are like a criminal in the church. Think of fruit, your life bearing fruit for God. Doing what God wants you to do with your life. is what God is looking for from you. If it includes your money, then so be it. So God 
warned the Jews, he will take it away from you and make you irrelevant. Huh. And they couldn't believe it. And the Jews were dispersed. Now, when we go to Jerusalem, I don't know if I have a chance to go with you. You see the wailing wall. I'm sure you've seen the wailing wall where people go to pray. You know, they go to put their little pieces of paper. And people are very superstitious, you know, when they go to these places. But um, what it is is that there used to be, if, if there's a place you can see the proportions, the Temple of Solomon, which was renovated and expanded by Herod, right, became, was like a huge edifice, so glorious, so beautiful, that people used to come from all over the world to come and see it. The, everything to do with God was focused on that place, you see. And people would come to this temple to pray. Everything about God was there. And Jesus stood on those steps. That was the same temple where the man who was lame was there. And Peter and John came to the temple to pray. And they found the man on those steps. That's on the south, southern part of the temple. So when we go to Jerusalem, you see the western wall, which is where they pray. And the steps, the southern part, you, there's some few steps there that you can see. So this is a big square. That used to be the temple. But now on top of that, where the temple is a mosque. Yes. So everything that had to do with God was to do with the Jews. And he said, I'll take it away from you. I'll give it to some other people. Every fruit that does not bear the fruit, he just, he, just, he just walks away. He just walks away from you. You're just irrelevant to whatever he's doing. He picks up people that are completely, like they'll be like rejects and people that you wouldn't think they would ever amount to anything and just uses them. I've seen it over and over again, even in our little church. People who looked like they were important became completely irrelevant. There are so many little girls who became important because some guys didn't value what they were given. So some girls and ladies became important. But they're all doing men's jobs. Because the guys didn't want to do it. <laughs> and that's, that's, that's God. He's been taking things away from people. You don't like it? Okay. He moves and you, he just, it's like you, you, can be, you can exist and be irrelevant. Irrelevant to what he's doing. It's just amazing. And it's a constant warning. He says every tree that does not bear fruit, he takes it away. He takes it away. You are not relevant to my, 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 my plan. What I want, you are not relevant to it anymore. I, I change your position. And many people's position is changed in relation to God. Yes. And you can see now. When you talk about Christianity in this country, it's virtually an immigrant affair. Yes. People may claim they're going to church, but in reality, few People of this country go to church or even believe in God. When you talk about those who are praying to God, it's like migrants. That's the reality. And it's amazing. 
But this was the church. Church was so great, so relevant and so important that bishops sit in the house of lords today. Because the church was, I mean, the church was everything. You want to be the king, a bishop is going to make you the king. Oh, yes. You want to be the king, it's going to make you. <laughs> the archbishop will make you. You can't make yourself. Everything is church. Today, the, you, you, you can be taken away and you, you, or you may be standing there and saying, I am, I am important, but you are not actually important anymore. So you need to watch out because God sent me to give you this prophetic warning. Yes. So the laws of fruitfulness starts with fruitful, fruitless Christians will be taken away. Number two, fruitful Christians will be purged. He says, every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So once you are doing something in the house of the Lord, and you are fruitful in God's house, God works on you. God works on you. He purgeth it. That's what? It may bring forth more fruit. So the law of fruitfulness is that you only move to more. You only move to the next level, which is more. Proverbs 4.18, the path of the just man shines more and more until the perfect day. If you are a just man or a Christian, your, your shining increases. It doesn't decrease. So those of you whose shining seems to be sort of gradually tapering off, you are not a just man. You are not a just man. You, you've got to be shining more. For me, I look at myself and I say, you know, am I still preaching like I used to preach? Do I still preach about Jesus like I used to preach? How many times do I preach now compared with when I was younger? Do I still start churches? Am I still teaching? Am I still preaching? Am I still praying for the sick? Am I still having camp meetings? I'm having a camp now. Yes. I had a camp here. I had a camp here some years ago called, um, what was the first camp called? Double Mega Missionary Church. That is out of that camp that came Pastor Peter. Even I got only one person, it's fine. I preach the same things, you know, I've been preaching the same thing in different fried, sometimes boil it, different ways. Yes. Even if I got only one person, I got a church in Australia out of that. Hallelujah. And I'm grateful to God. Hallelujah. Now, God will only take you further and higher. Sometimes I, see, I look at people and you see they, 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 they're looking older. Yes, you can look older, but the oldness is different from weariness. Yes, many people don't look older, they look weary and worn out and exhausted. 
It's like all the babies that can come out of you have come. You are now declared barren. You see, you see a lady who has become old in her mind. The mind is older. You know, one day I told somebody she had about uh, two children or three children. And I told her, I said, rise up, my dear. Because if you didn't have a husband, you may have, and you were not a Christian, you may have been somebody's boyfriend by now. Jumping all over the place and doing everything that can be done. But at this age, you are almost retiring and making yourself suffer from premature aging. And premature retirement from life. Yes. There is no need to retire when, you are, when it's not yet over. When you are in the coffin and you knock upstairs and you see it's not opening, then you know that, yes, it's over. But until then, it's not over. Are you listening? God hasn't finished with you once you are still walking and living on this earth. There is so much expected from you. You are not dead. You are not dead. I say you are not dead. And I want to especially tell the ladies, you know, because you see, if your life's vision is to have a child, you know, you have a child by a certain age, then it's like your life is over. I've finished, you know. I've finished. I've got my ring. I've got my picture. I've got my child. I've got everything. And that is the end of my life. It is not the end of your life. It's the beginning of your life. Receive life in the name of Jesus. Now, he purges, it means you come to church and you receive electric, electric bolts to wake you up and tell you, rise up and do some more for Jesus. Now, let me tell you, let me tell, sit down. First Love Church, let me tell you because the First Love Church are not here today. Let me tell you something. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something. If you sit down, to let, First Love Church is separate from UD. It's different from UD. Now, yeah, you may not know, but it is. If you sit down and let First Love Church displace you in importance, I'm talking to UD, then you are mad. Yes. That's true. I don't have any other way to, 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 to tell you. Then there's, you don't understand. Because you may live to be 90. So it's as if you are just being born now. Add it to your age. You see that it's like your life is now starting. Many people live very long. And you've made yourself like a grand, grand elderly. I don't even know what word to do to describe you. Yes. Andre Crouches, some of his most funky music. He was producing it when he was 65 years old. Yes. Some of his nicest albums. 
He produced music from the beginning all the way till he was 70 plus. He was producing very nice music. All the, this, the one he, he, he made, let the church say amen. All those ones, they were this saying almost 70, he was releasing those music. When he was 30, in his 20s and 30s, he was going around singing, um, will, uh, soon, uh, will soon and very soon take me back. And I was in his 20s and 30s. I mean, you, you, would, you would think that, and even when he couldn't sing and his, he was bent over like this, you know, if you watch his concert in L.A., bent over like this and he couldn't sing. He had these people to sing and he, you see him letting them sing and he's so happy as they sing and interpret his song very well. Yes. So, no one, no one displays Andre Crouch. No one displays Andre Crouch. That's why I say that if you sit down for younger whippersnappers, do you understand what that is? To get up and just displace you and make you irrelevant you are of not understanding i don't even know the english word to insult you without sounding like i'm insulting you because i want to insult you but i don't know how to say it <laughs> yes because god 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 does not need god once you are alive you are relevant but you see, people just sort of feel in their mind, oh, it's over with me. No, but it's not over with you. Because the, the path of a just man, it's, it gets brighter and the, you only come for purging, purging. Amen. You only come for purging. Some of you here are in your 50s, 40s. If you are here, you have come for purging. Purging is washing, I'm washing your colon. Do you know what is purging? From the back, you wash and purge, you put pepper in and bang, everything comes out. And you need some strong, heavy doses of hot pepper to make all toxins come out of you. And the toxins that enter you are toxins of pride and stiffness. You become stiff. One of the reasons why people can't bear fruit at the point is because they become stiff. Yes. And that's why for Sarah to hear a word from the Lord, when, when you hear a word from the Lord, all you're supposed to say is amen. Yes. Some of you ladies, you think you are past marriage. But if you listen to my message tonight and you tell yourself, hey, I'm not past no NATO. I am, I am around. I'm not past no nothing. Yes. You'll be shocked. Some brightness will come on your face. And you see that God will send somebody. When, when you offer the person a virgin, the person says, no. 
No, when God gave, when God gave the promised land, it was a land which was already occupied. So God was giving a second-hand land, a land that has already been used. So that's what I, I want, a land that has been used. Yes, a promised land that is flowing with milk and honey. It was a land. Mr. Francis, you are welcome. It was a land, it was a land that had already been used by giants. Yes, giants have occupied the land. And God said, that's the land I'm giving you. I'm not giving you a virgin land. I'm not giving you an empty land. I'm giving you somebody's land. Somebody's house. Somebody's farm. Receive it in the name of Jesus. So, if you understand the message, you are going to rise up and never allow yourself to be set aside. Yes. Sit down, please. So, I'm saying this to the UD. Make your shine your face. Go and get either powder or oil or something and just make your face bright. You are now the second-hand land that somebody is coming to use. Yes. Because I tell you, you'll be surprised that you can do more. I heard of Kenneth Hagin. I was blessed by Kenneth Hagin when he was 63 years old. He was not, he was not in his 30s. There, there is some higher level when you are sometimes second-hand or already well used by life. You see that you can rather now bear bigger fruits and more fruits. Amazing. 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 Yes. So don't, 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 look, at, don't look at the young ones. The younger people are now going to see certain things that... <laughs> That when they see them, we will now see whether they can stand. Yes. Yes. Siniazos. So, the second law of fruitfulness is that there is, those who are fruitful are being purged all the time till you are dead. When you come to church, understand the message as a kind of purging for more fruits. Yes. There will never be a, a resting time. Never. Never. Stand up, you. You were sent to Mexico, isn't it? You were much smaller. She was, she was, she was like this. And she was sent to Mexico. To go and bear fruit. Now, you are here. But you see, in your mind, you may be thinking, oh, that was some time ago. 
and it's over with me. I'm finished. It's not a turn of others. You see, but that is the whole point. That God says that he, his message to you is always purging you to bring forth even more than what has happened up to now. So receive it as a prophetic word. Yes. Don't allow yourself to retire. You know, one day a bishop said he could feel, he said, some people are trying to retire me. But I cannot be retired. Yes. And it's true. He cannot be retired. He's still relevant. Yes. So you, you'll be relevant. You'll be relevant. Yeah. Don't think to yourself, I'm a used land. I'm a second hand land. Third hand, fourth hand. No, the land that God gave to the Israelites was not a brand new land. It was a well used and occupied land. By giant, not even ordinary people. <laughs> wow. So, I'm just saying to the UD, don't let any first love group, do you get it, affect your zeal. You know, once I was working with uh, some lady and she, and she realized that she was, sit down, she was too big, fat, to fit into the young people that were working there. She realized that when they take one step, and she was taking one <laughs> heavy duty steps. So she decided to lose weight. Yes, she said, I'm joining this group. At her age, she decided to slim down and join the group properly. Because all these people that have not had children, you see them very small like mice. And later on, they become like rabbits, bigger and, you know. So from today, so we are, you see, so we have this building here, but we can have more of these buildings. Yes, more. I, I don't know why you've retired. He only comes to purge us, to put fire into the bomb bomb, and then it creates some noises. And every bad thing in you will come out. And you are going to bear more fruit for Jesus. Hallelujah! Third law of fruitfulness. Cleanness and purity are needed for fruit bearing. Because as soon as Jesus started to give the laws of fruitfulness, he said, you are clean through the word that I have spoken to you. Hallelujah. Now, God cleans you up as you listen to his word. 
I've never seen somebody, and you become clean enough to work for God. Now, I've never seen anybody who has looked at his personal life and felt good enough. How many have felt good when you really analyze yourself, really how you really are, and you feel good? You say, oh yeah, this is me, I'm Mr. Holy. You are Mr. Nonsense, you are not Mr. Holy. You know you are not Mr. Holy. When did you become Mr. Holy? Stop, stop, stop pretending. Tell your neighbor, stop all this looking good and tough of, I mean, you look so like you are special and, you know, be real. Listen, I'm speaking only to brothers. Brothers should listen carefully. Are you listening? Any brother who says that you are being free from lust since you became a Christian up till today should please stand up. Should please stand up. Should please stand up or, or raise your hand if you are a brother and you say you have been free from lustful desires and feelings since you became a Christian at the age of 16 up till today. Please stand up. Any brother who has never been free from lust since you became a Christian up till today, please stand up if you have never been free from lust. I want to see the brothers who have been free from lust. Where are they? They are mostly at the back. Mostly the guys at the back. They are outside. They are upstairs. Look, you cannot deceive us. No matter who you are, you are the lust is there. It is there. You say you are preaching, but it is there. Oh. Tell your neighbor, Charlie, you can't uh, deceive me. You can't deceive me with your... So listen. Shh. Whenever God wants to use you, the first feeling you have is you feel bad. Sisters, how many of you know, you know you are bad? R raise your hand. Brothers, are you seeing them? Look at them before you choose them. You know. Nobody has to tell you. You know you are bad. Shh, sit down. So, listen, are you there? You know, as soon as you hear the call of God, do you know what the natural response is? You respond like Adam and Eve. You run to hide between the trees. These are the trees.
Adam and Eve were hiding in between the trees. Because you look at yourself, you say, what? I cannot, I, cannot, I cannot go like this. So Jesus said something. You are clean through my word. 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 You are clean through the word. Hallelujah. You know, if only you expose yourself to the preaching, eh? you, you, you'll be surprised how it will purify you. You know, I was 25 years old when I was in a town called Suhum in Ghana. And I was listening to Kenneth Hagin preaching. And suddenly, in 1988, something happened. Sit down, please. You are blocking some uh, exotic uh, executives who are sitting behind you. You are blocking some executives. Turn to the executive behind you and say, sorry for blocking, sorry for blocking your view. Now, I was in this town praying and listening to preaching. You know, I was listening to it not so consciously, but it was on. It was always on. But I listened and then I prayed and like that. And suddenly in the middle of the night, something jumped out of the tape and entered my belly. And then I heard a voice saying, from today, you can teach. I was only 25 years old. From today you can teach. A 25-year-old boy. Now, can you imagine the kind of lust that I was having at that age? Eh? Can you imagine? Even when you are over 50, you are still experiencing like How much more? 25. But you see, you are clean through the word that I have spoken to you. So if you will expose yourself to repeated preaching, especially preaching even the same message. If you, if you like, try it. I'm not talking about new message. Keep on listening. If you like it, listen again. Listen. I rarely benefit from listening to a message once. I have to keep listening and I want to hear it again and hear it. That's when it starts to soak in. So that's what we call soaking in a message, that it soaks in. Don't try to fight your last. It's like say, I'm going to fight hunger. Hunger is going out of me today in the name of Jesus. Hunger is getting out of my life. I curse hunger in the name of Jesus. Please, let's be serious. Your sinful, jealous feelings. Your fear, feelings of fear. Your anger, your bad behavior. It's, it's part of, it's like hunger. Yes, that's why there's conflict all the time. That's why people marry with such high hopes. Yes, and say, no, one, one brother, the other day, he, he just touched my heart. He told the sister, he said, sister, there's something that I want to give to you. She said, what is it? He said, I, I want you to give, it's very precious. So what is it? He said, I'm going to give you my heart. He was proposing to her. This was, this was the proposal. This is the proposal. Hey. Tell people have levels of the proposal. Alone. There are higher levels of proposal. 
you are a junior. <laughs> he told her, listen, I'm going to give you something. I want you to keep it for me. She, she said, what is it? She said, I'm going to give you my heart. If you can keep it for me. Wow. But you'll be surprised that people say such things. And then later, you hear a song. I said, don't you know that I have your heart in me? I can squeeze it just now. Something will happen to you. So listen. Sit down. I don't know why you are starting. Apologize to the executives behind you. <laughs> you are blocking their view. What are we, what are we even talking about? What was the topic? You are clean. You thought I've forgotten. I'm, I'm trying to see whether you can remember. So, God is telling you that you, you change when you expose yourself to the word. I've not seen a young man who doesn't change by listening to the, to, to the word. You are clean to the word. The more you listen to the word, you read the word, you check the word, and it's coming into you, and it, it raises you up. You see that you change. Nobody will change you. You change. Yes. And you stop hiding. But as for the feelings, and the, Young Gicho said when he was a young man, he was always praying that he would be old so that he would not have the feelings that he's having. So from today, expose yourself. Get the podcast. Go to the Makane, download the Makane podcast. Just keep soaking in and checking your scriptures to see whether it's saying what, you, what they are saying. As a lady, you see how you change. Yes. Don't, don't, think of, don't think of getting married. Think of bearing fruit. Your whole orientation will change. You see, one of the reasons why sometimes a brother comes to you and he doesn't stay is because he finds you empty. Like when he talks to you, there's no substance. It's like you are just hair and nails and face and shoes and like this. Number four, what is the first law of fruitfulness? What's the first law of fruitfulness? Fruitless Christians will be taken away. God is looking for fruit and fruitless Christians will be taken away. What's the second law of fruitfulness? Fruitful Christians will be purged and are always being purged. Every message you hear is trying to purge you. Number three. And how is the cleanness going to come? Through the word. Amen. Number four. Closeness is needed for fruit bearing. Closeness. You always have to be close to God if you are going to bear fruit. Because he said, 
I am the vine, you are the branches. How is a vine connected to a branch? It's merged with the branch. Merged with the branch. So some of you don't realize that your quietness and your staying away and staying far in the church makes you fruitless. Yes. Some of you have chosen the back seat as your permanent resting place. You always go to the back. You always go upstairs. You always go far away. You never come near. But that's not a good thing. Closeness. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. So the kind of closeness that is needed for fruit is deep closeness. Yes. Really close. You know, you, 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 there's no space between a vine and a branch. There's no space. It's, it's merged together. So the most fruitful churches are churches that are like families. And you notice in our church that there's a lot of closeness. Like we stay in church. We come to church. People don't understand. Why does your church, what, what are you doing in the church? Well, what we are doing in the church, we are merging in the church. We are merging. We, 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 we get into ourselves. And the closer you are, the more you can bear fruit. Yes. Because without being close, you will not bear fruit. When an, a man and a wife, a close part, an internal part of him merges, the, body, the, the two bodies merge. Yes. This is closeness. That is necessary for fruit. So, don't be far from today. Yeah, don't be far. Don't say, oh, wow, I'm the, you know, I'm the, the type. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get so, you know, I don't want to. You are, shut up. Stop saying these things. Come closer. That's why I recall, come closer to me. I want to heal you. Okay? So all those of you who ended up being at the back, it must only be because you were late, but not because you've chosen that place. In the name of Jesus. Tell your neighbor, from today, I am close. I'm getting closer. In Jesus' name. Number five, the fifth law of fruitfulness. Abiding in Christ is necessary. Abiding means staying. Staying. Amen. Now, staying, abiding in Christ is to stay in Christ. So, staying in the church for some time, for some years, is necessary. If you don't stay, you're not going to amount to much. Why? Because staying, you know, it's like when I started playing golf, you know, I was, I, 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 the guy was, I was asking like, when are you ever going to really be able to play? And then the guy said that the more you play, and I said, how will the more playing ever change or improve this terrible thing that we are doing? But it does. Even in soccer, the more experienced players seem to I don't know what they know, because it's not just the scale, but experience and time. Even in singing, sometimes when I feel, you know, I'm always fielding new singers. I can see the difference between singers is experience. 
Because so many things are always happening when you are on stage. And so the more experienced you are with singing, you know, that you, you are different from when you are an inexperienced singer is singing. Sometimes when an inexperienced singer is singing, you can see that she's got a good voice or he's got a good voice, but he's not experienced on stage. So everything has experience linked to it. So the longer you stay in Christ, the more likely you are going to be to, to bear fruit. So when a couple gets married, they are not, they don't, they, you can't just start treating the person for not having a, a baby till after almost two years, 18 months, you know, two years before you would even say, oh, there's maybe something we, we want to treat. There's nothing like that. Because it, 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 without long enough time, you are not really expecting much. So God is not really expecting much from you when you are so new. He's expecting you to hang around. After you've been hanging around for some time, then he's going to start expecting now. Now that you've been around for some time and you've understood what it means to be a Christian, now we're expecting something from you. You know, you, you see how many of our faces are young faces? It's very good. But these same faces must be old faces in the church in some years to come. Now, those of you who look older, I can see a lot of the front uh, benches look a little older. Yeah. You must realize that you rather are even more poised to bear fruit because you've been abiding. You've been abiding for years. So instead of becoming a wasteland and instead of saying that my time is over, you can rise up and bear fruit. I'm bearing fruit now. I'm over 50. I'm over 50 years old. I've been preaching. When I was 25, I, I was a pastor. Before I was 25, I was like 16. Then I was 17, 18. Or I was fully preaching. From the time I was a teenager, I've been preaching. And I'm bearing fruit. And I can do certain things more. I can bear more fruit and do bigger things than, than, I, than, I, than I, I did when I was 18 or 19. But when you abide, you, you become more poised to be fruitful. You can give more. You know, I have people now who give more. Since I started this new project where we have $10,000 to build a church, you know, if you give me $10,000, I'll build a full church for you. From foundation to roofing, painted, everything with the name on it. So many people have been giving me this money to build, except England. Yes. Except England. It says it's only England that nobody has given that. But I have so many people in Ghana, and they just give, oh, build me a church, build me a church, build me a church, build me a church. Many. I can show you pictures. If you could project it, I'll put it up there. I'll show you the churches. Plenty. Especially in the north where we showed you the video. Oh, yeah. But some years ago, people couldn't give $10,000 like that. Plenty. They just give zero. Please build this. Another one case, I want to build another one. Please build me a church. We, we choose the town and they build it. Within a few weeks, it's roof, red roof, everything, white painted. Beautiful. Yeah. Some are even choosing to build cathedrals. I mean, these are people that have been abiding in the church for years. Some time ago, you ask even for a thousand, or they'll tell you though they don't have disposable income. It's true. They tell you they don't, they don't have disposable income. 
So it's amazing that when you stay around longer, there's greater things you can do. One brother told me, I don't want to build a, this, those little smaller churches you have built. I want to build a cathedral. I said, no problem. Yeah, he paid for the cathedral. So pay, I'm paying for a cathedral. I want to build a big one. Yeah, I mean, these are people that have been abiding in the church for years. They know the church is, the church is not taking anybody's money anywhere. When you, when you are new, you may think, oh, they, maybe they're going to get some money from you or somebody wants to take something from you. It's because you are new. If you've been here for years, you never, it will not even cross your mind that somebody here is trying to get something from you. When you see the crusade where we went, you, you are even afraid. If they say, go on mission, go to this place, you run away. When you see the place, is there anywhere in this, in this UK or where that is like here? You can see. That's why at the end of the film we say, nowhere is too far. No city shall be too strong. Jesus has called us to the ends of the earth and we will go. Hallelujah. We will go to the ends of the earth. So abiding in Christ is very critical for you to bear fruit. And number six, we're getting to the end now. Slow deterioration and withering is the sign of those who no longer are relevant. Slow deterioration and withering is the sign of those who are no longer relevant or who bear fruit. Watch the church. The church doesn't go off in one day. Pastors don't go off in one day. They wither slowly. Jesus said, any branch that does not bear fruit, amen, is cast forth as a branch, verse 6, and is withered. Is what? Withered. The church today is a withered version of how it used to be. Many churches are a withered version. Many pastors are a withered, you see, withered means like you would have been bright and standing like this, but now you are like this. So you, you're still there, but like it's different. Like the bright green is like a little change in the color green before it's getting to brown. <laughs> so, you, so people see you and you, you still be mentioning data, statistics. Oh, we are the this and we have this and we, we do this and our offering is this and our that is this and this and that. But it's actually, there's been a change. True. Gradual change. Look at your neighbor's face closely and see whether he's withering. Check whether he's withering. Ah. Ah. It's very slow, so you need discernment. You need discernment. Look very carefully and see whether he's withering. Wow. Is it amazing? Number seven, fruit bearers are guaranteed answers to prayer. Yes, fruit bearing Christians are guaranteed answers to prayer. Yes. If I bear fruit, my prayers are more powerful than yours who are not bearing fruit. That's true. I mean, Everybody has people who when you when they ask you for something, they're more likely to get. 
an answer. True or not true? true. Yeah. There are some people, if they ask me, I'm likely not to answer. Sometimes I don't even answer. I don't, I don't even know what to say. There are people who send me texts and ask me for something. I, I don't, because I don't know what to say. Because I don't know how to say no or sometimes I don't know what to say. I just say nothing. I just don't leave it unanswered. God has a lot of people that he doesn't know what to say to them. He just doesn't answer. Yeah. But he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. This is, you see, this is when Jesus was giving the laws of fruitfulness from John 15 from verse 1. And when he got to verse 7, he said, if you abide in me, you bear fruit. And if you abide in me and my words abide, you shall ask what you will. There are times that I pray and I tell the Lord, I use this verse. I said, Lord, you know that I'm abiding. I've been a Christian for more than three years. Yes. Wow. Once you are a fruit-bearing Christian, your prayers are different from somebody who's not bearing fruit. I mean, a fruit-bearing Christian is not going to ask for nonsense. You, you know what you ask for. I don't remember ever asking God for certain things. It doesn't even come up in my prayer topics. I have other topics. A lot of other topics. Even you won't pray for a husband. You see that? But if you are fruit bearing, you say, Lord, give me. You'll be surprised. God will do it for you. How many believe God is going to do it for you? I believe it. And the last one, verse 8. God is very happy with those who bear fruit. He said, Lord, if you bear fruit, God is happy with you. God likes you. John 15 and verse 8. What does it say? Wow. John 15 and verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. God, God is happy. Glorified means happy. It's an old word for happiness. Glory. You look glorious. You look glorious. Everything is beautiful. When you bear fruit. When you bear fruit. So today, God is telling us. And so, in this beautiful healing Jesus service, I believe that all of us are being challenged to be even more fruitful than we've ever been before. And you see us in the crusade there, preaching and doing as much as we can. God is only purging us that we'll bear more fruit. Yes, before the last day when it's over and the ministry is over. Once you are bearing fruit, expect pageants. <laughs> I want more. God is always, I want more for me, more. Because the reward for hard work is more work. Yes. The reward for hard work, more work. The one who had one talent, ten, five talents, when he used the five talents, God gave him work to be the ruler of our cities. So the reward for hard work is more work. So today, God is expecting more fruit from all of us, and he's going to bless us mightily. Stand to your feet, everyone. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let us pray for a moment. Father, we thank you so much. Lift your hand and give yourself to the Lord. Lord, say, Lord, I want to, I want to be fruitful. I, I, he says, I come three years seeking fruit. Three years. I've been looking for something from you. For three years. Lord, what are you looking for from me? 
Give it to me, Lord Jesus. Let me come forth with what you are looking for. Everybody standing in every center, wherever you are. God is looking for fruit from you in Sheffield, in the north, in Dublin, and everywhere. God is looking for fruit from you, for everyone. Father, we thank you for your great blessing that is released. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Thank you for these wonderful laws for fruitfulness. Touch everyone here and make us truly fruitful in you. Lord, we're living here in London, in England. Use us. Use us to have crusades. Use us to win the lost. Use us to bless Europe. Use us, oh Jesus. Use us to help your work. Use us to build churches. Use us to serve you. Use us to bear fruit, Lord. We thank you. Thank you that we will never be irrelevant and will never be set aside. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everyone that is hearing your word today. Thank you that nowhere is too far because nowhere was too far for you, Jesus. Thank you for the spirit of missions, the spirit of fruitfulness that has come upon us. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. And as every head is bowed for a moment, if you are here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, I want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to, to Jesus tonight. Maybe somebody invited you, but you don't know Jesus as your Savior. I want to pray with you. Pastor, if I die today, if I die tomorrow, I don't know whether I'll go to heaven or hell. Please pray for me. Pray with me. I want to go to heaven. I want to know God. I want Jesus to save me. If you are here like that, wherever you are standing, wherever you are, pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to change. I want to follow God. In every viewing center, wherever you are, you want to give your life to Jesus. And you want me to pray with you. Just lift your hand up now and I'm going to pray with you. Lift your hand up high above your head. God bless you. Lift it up high. Pastor, pray with me. I want Jesus to change my life this evening. I want to be born again. Just your right hand up high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to do one more thing. Come to me. I'm going to pray with you. Just come. Come from where you are standing. Come. Come let me pray with you. God bless you. Come from upstairs. Come from the back. Come from everywhere. Stand right here. Just... Face me this way. I'm going to pray with you here. Let's line up this way. You want to give your life to Jesus? Come. 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 God bless you. From upstairs, from the back, I need Jesus. I want to change. Come. Come and join them. God bless you. I'm waiting for you from upstairs. In everywhere, every viewing center, come to the front. You want to give your life to Jesus. Come, let me pray with you. God is changing your life. God is saving you. Today is the beginning of a great change in your life. Come, God bless you. God bless you.
Come on, my friend. I'm waiting for you. Come on. One more coming. One more coming. Come to Jesus. This tonight is the beginning of a great change. A great change. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Jesus is real. Jesus is real. Jesus is real. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. Now, lift your hand and close your eyes and let's pray together. Say, Jesus, thank you for tonight. Please forgive me for all my sins. I am a sinner. But tonight, tonight, I come to you just as I am. Have mercy on me, Lord. Clean me. Cleanse me. Forgive me. Have mercy on me. Lord Jesus, please wash away my sins tonight with your precious blood. Tonight, I open my heart and I receive Jesus as my Savior, as my Master, and as my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me tonight. Please write my name in the book of life. Say it again. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. From tonight, say from tonight, I am yours, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, please become real to me. Change me. Set me free from demons, from evil, from tonight. I'm a child of God. I'm going to serve you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me tonight. Now say after me, Satan, listen carefully. From tonight, I will not obey you. I will not follow you. I will not serve you. In the name of Jesus, I belong to God. I belong to Jesus from tonight. I belong to Jesus. I will serve Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lift your two hands and say, thank you, Father, for saving me tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me tonight. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. In Jesus' name, I pray. And everyone said, Amen. Shout, Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want to give you one of my books. My book. Will I get one? Yes, I will. Please, can I have one of the books? This is my gift to you. I wrote this book. It's called How to Be Born Again and Avoid Hell. Wow. Wow. Jesus said you must be born again. 
and avoid hell. So this is a gift. Read it. It's based on the Bible. And your life is changing. England is changing. Jesus is changing England. And Europe. Because God's church will always come out victorious. Even if we have a low moment or a low season, the church will always be victorious. Today, the church has a low season in Europe, but it's, it's going to climb out. Yeah. Many people are going to be saved again. Amen. So that is a blessing. Now, I also want to pray for every problem and every sickness and every disease and any problem, whatever it is. So whatever problem you have, you just stay where you are. Stay here. Any problem you have, anything, just if you can put your hand there, fine. If you can't, just put your hand on your heart. If it's financial, marital, personal, crisis, everybody needs something. Amen. Keyboards, please, gently. Father, thank you that you are sending your mighty power tonight in Europe, in, in England, everyone who's watching. Thanks, Jesus. Father, we come to you, Lord, because you are, you, are, you are Jesus, the Savior, Savior of the world. Jesus, Savior. Jesus, healer. Heal our lives. I pray concerning every situation, every problem at home. Oh, Father, let your mighty power your balm, the balm of Gilead, wrap into that painful place, to that painful point, and heal every life. Jesus, thanks a million for your mighty power everywhere. Thank you that you are the healing Jesus. You heal our lives. You heal everyone here tonight. Receive your healing. The curse is broken and it's breaking in Jesus' name. Jesus' power is changing your life. Wherever you are, wherever you come from, whatever kind of problem, because I sense many different kinds of problems, but God is touching you. Father, I thank you tonight for your mighty power. Your mighty power. Jesus is working. Jesus, thank you. Your mighty power is changing every life here. Yes, I curse every sickness, every root, every crisis, every financial problem, every immigration problem, every family problem, every personal problem, every secret problem. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing right now. Receive you. I cast out devils in Jesus' name. I say, go out right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, thank you. Thank you for many miracles. Thank you that you are the Lord that healeth us tonight. Now just lift your hand and thank him right now. He's the Lord that healeth us tonight. You are the Lord that healeth. You are 
here tonight. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your mercy. Receive your healing. You are going back to your house to step on the snake that is frightening you from your own house. When you go back to your house, the head of the serpent will be cut off. I prophesy to the root the root of your problem the source of the problem and I curse the root of the problem in the name of Jesus the Savior I command it to wither to fade to vanish in Jesus name let the grace of God appear and bring you salvation bring you deliverance because you are present here and because you are watching let the angel of the Lord also watch over you and let the angel of the Lord accompany you because you came may the angel of the Lord go with you and help you mightily to bear fruit and to do the will of the Father Father I thank you for testimonies Thank you for good news. Thank you for miracles. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a mighty shout and a clap. Hallelujah. You may be seated. ABC Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor Journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note? It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. The Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC. ABC Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor Journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note. It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. The Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC. ABC. 